0: and welcome to the DM's Book Club, a weekly book club podcast where we talk about some Dungeons and Dragons and discuss how we might include it in our role-playing campaigns. Today, Hamilton is not here. I have a brand new, awesome co-host for this special episode. Uh, wonderful co-host, could you please introduce yourself? Oh man, I thought I was a guest. Oh no,
1: <laughs> <laughs> immediately gone wrong. Um, hello, uh, hello, incredible people. I am Jess Jewel. I am the producer for Three Black Halflings. I am a player and DM on Questing Time and I'm an all-round rad lad. Yeah That's about as much promotion As I get to do for myself
0: (laughs) You need that on a badge Rad lad Like happy to help Sort of Style I very
1: recently had some business cards made And I, <sighs> I fought against myself to put it on It was between that and a few um, quotes from people yeah. That either call me really hot or excellent So <laughs> I've gone with that instead Mainly because it was Kate Welsh who called me hot And I was like, I'm never, that's it, I've peaked And that's yep. the only quote I need in my life now Damn, Done. I love
0: that, I love that Yeah, you just have that at the top, you know, like DM, blah blah blah, hot <laughs> Just mm-hmm. have that underneath you <laughs> Professionally Professionally <laughs> hot Just so how did you get into uh, d d or RPGs in general and how did you get to be a DM? I always ask this question just to see like how how do people get into this sort of hobby?
1: I actually came to the game quite late. Uh, I only really started playing properly when I was like 21. I'd just finished uni, I'd had a bunch of friends back up north who used to play and then when we all finished uni together I was just aimless I had no idea what to do mm-hmm. and so I sort of threw myself into finding myself oh so cool girl <laughs> like really the Gen Z like millennial sort of dream I was not living it it was awful mm-hmm. <laughs> and so my friends were like you should come play D&D and the tools that were available at the time were some old uh, 3.5 edition books. And so I started on hard mode, like crunchy yeah. mode. Whoa. And for somebody who like isn't very math oriented or mm. detail oriented, I'm very much like go with the flow, have a nice time, enjoy yourself. This was the biggest 180 of a <laughs> game that anyone had ever thrown me into and I'd I created um at first I was like, "Oh, I, I kind of want to Oh, I'm going to create like a beautiful little elf ranger. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's going to have a bow. She's going to be so petite. She's going to be so lovely. And then the minute I learned that you could do anything mm-hmm. and be anyone, I was a six foot three queen. I lost all my arms. I, I got lost in a tree. Yeah. I yeah. I went on a full little like chaos rampage and it was wonderful. <laughs> and I immediately fell in love. I... Usually lost interest around combat because there was so mm-hmm. much going on and so mm-hmm. many different roles and then it eventually sort of came back for all of the well we we go and explore the town and I make friends with everyone, but mm-hmm. I can't communicate because I'm a bug and I don't have a <laughs> mouth. Isn't it great? <laughs> Tell <laughs> I, that opened like a world to me because I think at the time I yeah, I was really struggling. And this was mm. the most beautiful escape that anyone could have offered me. Mm-hmm. And then since then I I sort of drifted out and came back in and drifted out. Mm-hmm. And then when we were playing, gosh, no, it was at the Edinburgh fringe back in 20 oh I want to say 2019. Mm-hmm. I met Paul Foxcroft, who is my mm-hmm. partner now. He was running Questing Time, which was like a live mm-hmm. comedians play D game. Up until that point, I'd only played crunchy D&D. Paul ran fun D&D, comedy d <laughs> The rules are so loose. Mm-hmm. There are barely rules at all. If you want to kick down the door, kill the priest in one role, do it. It's fine. Yeah. And from that point, I think I sort of fell in love with the game even more because breaking down the rules... Adding the role play and seeing it just make people laugh, mm-hmm. like really sparked a fire in me. And so from like twenty nineteen to now, that's pretty much what I've been doing. I've just been trying to make it more fun and accessible to people.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah, that's that's my D and D story um, <laughs> and my T C R P
0: G story in general. <laughs> that's so cool I, because I completely agree. I feel like you once you get into it, you like you want you want to do more, and you're never so sure. And then suddenly you're like, actually having the rules there as a sort of jumping off point and not worrying about but they don't follow exactly it's all that yeah. rule of course I think people are finding that a lot more now with like Baldur's Gate 3 I don't know if you had a chance to play any of that yet
1: Not yet but I've seen the screenshots and yes. the clips and oh my god
0: Yes <laughs> Weirdly my I don't know about you but my D&D games aren't that horny Uh, but they're a bit, they're bit better in combat because they're a bit more like oh difficult terrain it's not a bit of a thing and then it's like it is definitely a thing and it's like I can't reach my goal I think
1: initially all of the <laughs> Campaigns I start start out as as very sort of serious and it's mm. oh look at all the cool stuff that we've built together through storytelling isn't it amazing and by the end it's just a horn dog fest it's so <laughs> great I had <laughs> my I, had, I ran a spell jammer campaign um called mm. Moonlighters I want to say earlier this year but it that doesn't feel right that feels too quickly ago that's not a phrase but it doesn't matter um. <laughs> But I ran it with my best friend, Sam, who was one of the guys who got me into d oh. all the way back when I was a baby 21 year old. And initially he started out as this very noble tabaxi gunslinger, really cool, really excellent. And by the end of it, he was like, I want to fuck everything. <laughs> <That was> just, <laughs> every session was Incredible. just... I think one of my favorite quotes from him was, The monster manual is a tick
0: list. (laughs) And from
1: then I was like, you've changed the game again for me, Sam. Well done. Wow. Love love your work.
0: Keep keep at it. (laughs) Achievement unlocked. Like every monster in the multiverse or something. Yep. So then what have you brought for us to talk about today? What is our topic for this episode of DM's Book Club?
1: So... Topically, from me sort of breaking down rules and learning that you don't have to have rules to have fun. Mm -hmm. I've brought the Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, also known as second edition, Encyclopedia Magica, Mm. volume one, which um, was I found in the flat when we were doing a clear out. And I asked Paul what this was because I could see TSR on Mm. the front. And immediately that sort of sparked issues think, <laughs> considering all of the controversy they were involved in mm. sort of the end of last year, this year. And I was like, why, why do we own this trash? And he was like, no, 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 take a look. It's pretty, it's pretty cool.
0: Mm. And
1: um, initially I was like, oh my gosh, it's, it's all of the magic items mm. ever I think it was printed in like 1994 Mm -hmm. It's a four volume series Of every single magic item ever printed In all of the magazines, zines Compendiums, books, supplements Like all of it Mm -hmm. from um, 1975 onwards So there's like 600 magic items In these volumes And I was Mm -hmm. like oh my god there's going to be stuff in here That I've never heard of That's actually really cool Okay, let's take a look. Mm -hmm. And I opened the first page. And I kid you not, all (laughs) of my hopes were dashed immediately. (laughs) Because, and like, you can't make this up. One of the first lines in it is, it's credits. Mm. oh great they must have like a a credit list as long as their arm in this Mm. because everybody wants to be credited for the work it is impossible to list all of the creators of the items cataloged in these volumes but credit goes to everyone who has created a magic item in a module box set accessory hardbound or magic magazine article published in the last 20 years which is a really nice way of saying couldn't be asked couldn't be bothered yeah (laughs) that (laughs) that stunned me because Mm. the amount of the, the People clamor for credit And stuff now To get mm-hmm. jobs And this was just like a Yeah thanks But no thanks Yeah so I was like Oh god okay Well this sets a tone
0: Yeah So, so this is the thing that like you said it's So this is the first volume Of four And then right at the end Of the fourth one I managed to sort of Look towards the end It has a bibliography Of every single What the supplement is So y- they did have... <laughs> they did have the supplements. They just decided to fuck the creators. Yeah, that's, which is mad. I'm not
1: going to be rude, but for TSR, that's on brand.
0: Yeah, no, 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 absolutely. But it's so wild to think like, okay, this is 20 years worth of work. And obviously this is in the time before like, you know, uh, internet, cloud storage, database, DD Beyond, yeah. which obviously now we can just quickly search and then we'll find all the stuff easily categorized. This must have taken... Long time to put yeah. everything together and to categorize it. And it has this sort of system about like, you know, how they've done it to, to search it and stuff like that. But it yeah. is wild to me to be like, what's made it in and possibly what hasn't made it in, you know?
1: In my day job, I'm a script writer for um, a couple of YouTube companies. And we just sort of bring up like factual, educational, documentary style videos for a whole bunch of stuff. And so I edit down a lot of stuff. That's pretty much what I do day to day. And the amount of unnecessary information in these books, <laughs> I, wish I was going through, I think I said well, when we when we were chatting, you're like, oh, what book is it? I'm like, I might do the Encyclopedia Magica just because I opened it to um, a page and it was the page for cup. And of course it's mm-hmm. like cup of, cup of, cup of. Um, mm-hmm. But the the description for cup is the single most like detailed thing. <laughs> it's so pedantic. You just think that they'd be able to understand that people aren't, get what a cup is. We we have, we have cups. We're, we're not living in fantasy right now. I have a cup next to me. This is, I just thought it was. Oh, wait, a
0: magic item next to you. No, no, no. I don't trust that at all.
1: But it was like, it was just this, the most incredible. No, we couldn't possibly credit anyone. Mm. But my God, have we got 200 words to fill on cup? (laughs) His job is cup. I just sort of, kept looking at it whenever I needed a laugh from then mm. on. Mm-hmm. It's like, ah, oh, it's been a hard day. Let's look at some of the <laughs> things. So, like, I, genuinely, yeah. the description for cup is, a cup is an open container, generally made of metal, glass, crystal, or china. A cup usually has one handle, or is used to drink hot beverages, usually coffee or tea. A cup can be almost any size, but the usual capacity ranges from a few ounces to one pint. A chalice is simply a metal cup without a
0: handle. <laughs> Why? <laughs> what? Why? why would we what alien is coming down to be like i want to play role-playing games but what is cup what is chalice what is amulet any of these items (laughs) i don't know
1: if this ever mattered in game you know i don't think anybody was ever to their gm like does this cup have a handle and the gm being like let me check let me (laughs) check let me check the encyclopedia because that might that may be a chalice. No, no, a chalice is just made of metal. Very different things. <laughs> Very different. Let's take us out of the fantasy for a minute to look mm. at the fucking pedantic nature of
0: cup. But that's the thing. It feels like that. that it's interesting because when you go into a set yes, it makes sense in a sense of oh, what my vision of like early D and D was. It's like every, you know, rules for everything, descriptions for everything. Yeah. But then you get into. As I'm sure we'll have a we'll pick out a few ones that we found, and yeah. you're like. How did this make it? This feels too silly. This, te- like, it feels like this is a one off thing that someone went, fuck it, put that in. And then, and then it just somehow became canon. You're like, how did this, it, this is must, there must have been some requirements and stuff. And it just happened to slip past, and all those people who are like, okay, I guess we could have this in. Uh, but then it's just there, you know? I think the proofing for this
1: was lacking. Mm. I don't think it was thoroughly looked over. I think maybe the formatting was like, I would say prioritized. I mean, some of the art in this is um, misogynistic as hell, yep. but very pretty. Yes. And, you know, large pages taken up by, you know, women st- scantily clad looking at cup, um, <laughs> for instance. <laughs> and I think that was just prioritized over, you know, getting anything else right. I, I will show you. I don't know if you can see over this. but that Oh, is... yes.
0: that yeah. So that image of like two ladies Hi. sort of... It's looking yeah. at a, a hovering gold thing. But the, the lady at the back, I feel like something's wrong with her body. I'm not entirely oh, sure what it is.
1: It's because she... I think they've removed the ribs. Towards That's what it the is. the bottom end. So <laughs> she sort of bends in half, like, like a bad croissant sort of thing. And she's got this Faro Fawcett hair going on. And God, there's titties and ass for days. But this is for <laughs> Cup. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, honestly, that gives me the idea of what it was like to play D&D all mm. of those years ago. This is just looking at that. And so from there, looking at the way that they've chosen which items are going in and the, the very specific nature of it and how it's got to adhere to what looks like exactly one guy's fantasy. <laughs> Unparalleled.
0: So I have a question for you. I don't because this is the yeah, yeah. thing. My, in my copy and the PDF copy, it's not yeah. there. So I want to check with you if it is in your, in your copy. So apparently in probably an early edition of this book they changed the word from uh was it mage to yes okay <laughs> yes, so <I> did. <laughs> so uh, just for the context I hope so people that so they, there was a problem with the word mage so they did basically uh find all and replace so any word of mage would change to wizard in this book but of course that affects a lot of other words like image or more importantly damage so you get "the wizard uh, instead which I think is pretty really funny <laughs> honestly when you read it out all is like one uh lump it just
1: for example so this is on the uh cube of frost resistance mm. um when this cube is activated, it encloses an area of 10 feet per side, resembling a cube of force. The temperature within the area is always 65 degrees Fahrenheit. The field absorbs all cold-based attacks. However, if the field is subjected to more than 50 points of cold de-wizard, it in any turn <laughs> it collapses and cannot be renewed for an hour. If it receives over 100 points of de-wizard in one turn, the cube is destroyed. it's it... <laughs> great. I love it. I love it. Apparently that typo occurs on 16 pages and I'm going to find them all. Yes. That's gonna be like my where's Wally
0: quest. Because it reminds me of I'm sure there's a, it's on the you know the Reddit Forum supplier. So you know when you you cast a spell but you change one letter, that's what mm. it kind of reminds me of. It's just and so I I would be very happy to include the wizard in as a as some sort of damage type and just go from the with it. ring
1: of find and replace um, yes, instead of like ring yes, absolutely grammarian or something like that. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I love the small edits and issues with books like that. There is mm-hmm. because every I think you find now with a load of Kickstarter projects mm. and a lot of people who are putting out books on their own for the first time, which is so cool and so exciting. And the fact yeah. that we can do that now is amazing. Incredible. You will find typos and you will find issues because proofing's not a hundred percent. However, TSR was at the top of its game when it released these <laughs> plastic leather-bound books. Mm. And I just love the fact that somebody couldn't, just just went, nah, it's fine. We're not going to proof it. It's fine.
0: I'm sure Either- it's fine. <laughs> <You didn't>. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> Either that or this really loved a wizard
0: uh, as a word <laughs> e-wizard Silent, <yeah>. it e-wizard <laughs> feels like maybe I don't know if Apple was around then at that point but I just like again just <laughs> maybe some branding just to, to clarify for people so yeah the, the each entry is sort of structured with sort of uh, the magical item's name and experience point value which obviously now yeah. seems superfluous now gold piece value when it first appeared or best reference for context of, of this thing and then an description and explanation of it and what's mm-hmm. interesting is that one thing I really took from this book is that it gives some advice at the beginning and it says like hey you know you could give them like a dagger plus one or anything like that but why don't you name it or get the players to name it because then it, it feels more important than just a, a plus one dagger and then you had examples throughout which then gave context to you know whoever's staff is this and, and obviously sometimes it was a lot of context depending on the context of the adventure but i was just like that makes so much more sense i, I make really it cool. more important to the yeah. characters that oh yeah of course i'm going to use this uh you know gavin's ring of I envy. I don't know. <laughs>
1: Make it so much more personal to your players, and then of mm. course they're not gonna they're not gonna get, forget something with their name on it. You would hope.
0: Well, you never know.
1: <laughs> but it also, I think, if you are improvising and on the spot, it's very easy to be like, oh well, this isn't Hephaestus's dagger or or anything. Just reach for one of your players and just go, yeah, yeah. it's your dagger. That's nice and easy. But yeah. it also explains I think in the encyclopedia why there are so many amulets and daggers named oh after gosh. people like yeah. the amulet the amulet <laughs> sections like 6 or 7 like Thick pages long Mm -hmm. Which is very good fun To read through Because they're all Clearly all been made Very specifically With a scenario in mind The players are about To go up um, You know Into a cursed tomb Or whatever it is So Davin's amulet Is uh, (laughs) helping (laughs) Helping them To to defend the traps Or something like that But it's really nice The way that That has been included
0: Because there's other Design notes It talks about Like he's like Oh there's three types Of ammunition That we put together The books There's five types There's 19 weapon types Etc And I think for me I would have preferred that if that was like a separate section it's not yeah. in the alphabetical order cuz i feel like those things i'm like yeah that's uh, yeah weapons and these are things that like we can use like to help us in games but i want to know about you know these other ones which is one i picked out from the early on i picked Ooh. out i'm going to say this name wrong and drake's refreshment simulacrum which is essentially <laughs> somebody's just designed a vending machine and only the person that has designed it, you know, the wizard that's designed it can get the Coke out of the machine, the cola out of the machine, and everyone else has to roll for it. And I was like, incredible. How did this get?
1: <laughs> a wizard gatekeeping Coke. That yeah. feels right.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> for this game, for sure. One of my... Oh, there was one. I'm going to see if I can find it. Yeah. Dust of Allergy, I believe it was. Oh, yeah. I feel like someone clearly sort of brought that up in um, a um just a game... Maybe just to dig at another player and be mm. like, eh, it looks like your, your high Wood Elf's got some uh, pretty severe allergies there. You're all in that one. Oh, <laughs> the dust of allergy is coming out. <laughs> Cannot find it for the life of me. So one thing I think that's a little bit confusing about it is mm. um, because all of the elements are dagger and then all of the naming conventions,
0: it's mm. kind of hard
1: to orient yourself within yeah. the book when trying to find something specific.
0: Yeah. So it's yeah, so it has that category of overall like dagger or dust, etc And then it'd be yeah. like of cleansing, of this. <laughs> and then every so often you'll have one randomly in the middle. I think there was the one uh it was like Arabella's huggable bear randomly. And that was like that's terrifying. Why why is that a thing?
1: <laughs> they, they never explain. I really wish with these they had like a little bit of story. But I yes, also understand context. that if, if that yeah. was the case, then we'd have um the full encyclopedia of knowledge just like on shelves that yes. would take up an entire shelf mm-hmm. space. And that's I guess that's just not what they had in mind. But also there was the original deck of many things. Yes. And then the deck of many things too. Yeah, um, <laughs> what a sequel! Return of the Deck of Many Things, <laughs> yeah.
0: which I've really enjoyed, and then like a, a tarot version as well, and especially when you have like the Deck of ma- uh, the Book of Many Things, which is just coming out as well, and it does mm. detail a bit of the history about those things and where you can find them in those adventures. It's interesting enough that that book, the the Book of Many Things, and the previous book, it does talk about like the history of how we got to this point, and I'm like, that's really I like that. I find that really helpful because then I can go, oh, I can go. See these different supplements And go there uh, yeah. And they do credit people as well uh, Compared to this book Which is like ah, Everyone everyone, well done <laughs>
1: <laughs> You did good You you don't get credits But we'll take your items And put them in here And sell them for profit Thank yeah, you yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's something really Bizarrely nostalgic about it And mm. you get sort of quite comfy When you're sort of Flicking through it And going oh my god That's how they used to do it yes. That's how this would be how you know someone figured out that they wanted to use this item someone was combing through these terms at some point and went oh, i want to use the blood coin that mm. sounds ace that sounds great instead of now where it's like D beyond and you've got suggestions and forums and all sorts and people mm. are always constantly coming up with the new cool thing mm. but then, and then occasionally you'll just come up across some of the most racist art you've ever seen and go yep. ah and back to reality. This
0: is this is, this is is good. I saw, because I had a quick look through the other ones, there was the girdle of femininity and masculinity. <laughs> and of course, it's a curse to be put as yeah. the other gender, uh, and you can't remove oh. it unless you have this. And uh, it's just a bit like, cool, guys. Uh, and then with the girdle ones, it was interesting, because 10% of them will neuter the character. And you're like, I feel like we don't need that as a... Why, why is this in the book?
1: Why? <laughs> like, Definitely sort of an age before safety tools and an age before of consent. Course, yes. I can understand how at the time, playing with these concepts, but I guess, of course, like outside of your work environment, like I'm trying to imagine how it was to play d d back in the 70s.
0: Right, yeah.
1: And how mind-blowing it must be to be like, I can do anything and I roll the dice and see if it happens and it's a game. And I can sort of see where these items would have come in yeah. as fun and playful things and oh it's it's not real. But as time's gone on and as DD has in and of itself evolved Mm. and people get really invested and they realize now that their characters can be extensions of themselves and how you much effort you put into nurturing a character, how much it hurts when they die. And then you you look back and see these horrendous items Mm. robbing people of their agency and you go, yeah, I'm glad I'm glad we've moved on from this. I'm glad we're not there anymore. Yeah. not to say that DD doesn't have a lot of hurdles to overcome, of course. But it is nice to go okay, 40 years ago it was so much worse.
0: Something that surprised me is that there there is references to like prosthetics and like uh limbs and stuff like that and I was like, "Oh, oh cool." God, uh but then afterwards the first entries of it's you know it would be like uh you know leg of hand of and it be like of doom, of death and I go, "Oh, I'm like, no, okay. (laughs) But it's like, it's interesting that for some things they were like thinking, like, you know, it was like, okay, the idea, yes, but let's let's think about other things. <laughs> like, and there were definitely ones which like doesn't necessarily help them fully. Uh, you know, integrate into society. People all can see it, and it's like, I not It's not about that though. It's about helping people who maybe don't have the same uh, appendages or, or or walking ability that everyone else. It's so. I, it was it was very interesting to read the problems. I always yeah I did have to do searches like of doom and see how many artifacts came up. And uh, let me tell you, lots. <laughs>
1: You add off doom to any item and it is immediately mm. 20, 30, 50, 100% cooler. Yeah. I want everything to be off doom, um, yes. ideally, but my GM at the moment won't allow that. And that's fine. um mm. <laughs> I'll struggle on, Jordan. <laughs> um, but
0: that's okay. <laughs>
1: I love that everybody, sort of, of the time and of the era was in that same headspace. But, mm. ah, no, coming back to prosthetics and AIDS, mm. the fact that they were thinking about that mm-hmm. disproves... That with everything yeah. that was happening with um, the combat wheelchair, when that yeah. first sort of came mm-hmm. in, and the discourse around that, and the amount of vitriol from older players being like, uh, people will just magic themselves better, mm-hmm. uh, live in fantasy. I like, well, obviously not, because this these AIDS have always existed mm-hmm. in the game. Mm-hmm. So... That argument also falls flat from like a historical perspective because you'd be like, "Oh, yeah, we never used to have things like this. We never needed to. And it's like, mm. yeah, maybe they just didn't think of them at the time. That's yeah, you, your argument now is now dead. Yeah. and again, going back, seeing, learning, and realizing that's quite nice.
0: <laughs> a, a, a story uh, that i have so i i played a game recently uh i like i, I won something and i got to play in a game done by a, a, fam- a famous dm and i was oh, uh name the th- famous dm i can't i can't i'll, you I'll can't? tell you I'll, I'll tell you after that i'll tell you after the recording because it, it is interesting um okay but okay, i was I was, I was one of, of two women at the table out of a, out of eight uh and we all got passed around the character sheets and i was like well i instantly want to be the barbarian because i was just like uh, I, I had a lot of stuff yep. on it so i was it could be simple and it uh, was a, a centaur barbarian oh sick we joked about like oh the wherever we have to go it's up uh like a temple sort of a, a pyramid type temple and i was like oh well, i don't think i can get up the stairs guys you know like sort of joking a little bit but then uh the the gm was like oh actually there's like a walkway you can go all the way around and So i was like oh on the ramps i was like oh that's really cool and then the gm afterwards was like yeah i did that because um talked about the discourse i was like Mm. yeah i i don't get it i don't get the discourse about people wanting to be wheelchairs blah blah blah." said that whole thing but then i've created these pre-generated characters and of course centaurs would need to know how to get upstairs and stuff so in this world it makes sense i was like well you did get there but we got there we got there so would have been like, around about
1: thinking, but we took a, a left, right somewhere, and yeah. now you're
0: here. And we're here, and we've got we've got ramps in this fantasy world. And you know what? Fine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's the win condition. Having ramps. Yes. 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 Incredible yes. scenes. Oh my gosh.
0: But was there any really any particular entries that you saw that you were like, this sparks your imagination? This is like always oh, a shiny thing that I would like to use. Or, yes. or think, go for okay. it. Okay.
1: It was a bag, right? So Mm -hmm. I wanted to see sort of what the original bag of holding really was Mm. because there's something about the bag of holding that it's in every game I've ever played. It's my favorite item. You can have so much fun with the bag of holding because the rules sort of disappear. Mm. You know, there are some parameters, but there is nothing to tell you what what can be in this bag of holding. And so whenever anyone in-game is like, bag of holding... I immediately go for it. Yeah. Empty it out. See what's in that. Is it a civilization? <laughs> um, <laughs> I've been um, listening to Fantasy High, uh, the oh, Dimension yes. 20, and there yeah, is yeah. the jacket of Requirement or something that yeah, um, yeah, Adine yeah. gets. And she finds a civilization in that. The minute she's given the jacket and told that it just gives her anything. Like, I felt like chills on the back of my neck and my, my the hair's were raising i was like this is the most perfect item i've ever heard of <laughs> but the bag of holding is a classic it is my favorite that is a hill i will die on um <laughs> <laughs> it was a different bag and i as i was sort of going through i was like "Ah, oh, bag of holding perfect common cloth sack about two by four feet bag of holding opens into a non-dimensional space
0: mm-hmm. uh
1: inside is larger than the outside that's taken from like Doctor Who sort of pretty clearly. And I love that that sort of inf- yeah. like influences there. And then I found something else. Oh God, yes, there it is. It's the bag of eyes. Oh, what? <laughs>
0: I did not see that. Hang on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's just underneath the Everfull bag of seeds. Mm. <laughs> and then just a food bag. But mm. the bag of eyes, this pouch is the size of a large sack capacity 60 pounds very awesome. important
0: yeah. mm-hmm.
1: um but has an invisible drawstring of an eye upon its outer service when completely filled with coins of any type and commanded to function the holder of the item can see with Infravision. Infravision, uh, yeah. <laughs> Infravision, there we go. It's split really annoyingly over like yeah. two sections so it's really <laughs> hard to read and in italics. Yeah, The effect lasts for four hours. All the coins in the pouch disappear when the command word is spoken. Oh. So if you wanted to do a heist, I mm. can imagine that being like the perfect thing. And at the moment, Paul on Questing Time is was running the Golden Vault Series Mm -hmm. and they were doing heists week after week, and I could just see this being used. And of course, the players would ignore it entirely (laughs) and go with something else completely random. But I really enjoyed it as being able to just always keep an eye on it and all just the idea of many eyes looking in oh i loved it i thought as a visual i
0: thought it was great very visual yeah i think yeah. if this book was done now or some sort of online database perhaps i would love it if each of these things you know after obviously copy yeah. editing, would have like an image <laughs> of some sort i just i think like one thing with the some of the later books certainly with planescape they had yeah. for each of the monsters and the uh, the beastry had an image roughly for each one and I was like oh my I, gosh it was like compared to like before when was like here is one and then yeah. 12 different types of that I just I would love to see an image for each one of these you know just, just to give an example of what it yeah. looks like because I think like, sometimes I I'm definitely more of a visual person so i would be like oh and I can show that to my players instantly about what it looks like and and just go from there essentially I
1: will skim read everything yep. and then in my head A really horrible homunculus version of whatever is on the page (laughs) will appear. And I'm like, this is the coolest thing ever. Ah. So, of course, I didn't read the bag of eyes properly first. And when I was going through it, then I was like, what the fuck is infravision? But in my head, I was like, it is a bag made of eyes. That's the cool. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It kind of is. And honestly, I kind of prefer that. And again, Mm. this is how sort of like magic items evolve and become better and different misunderstandings, over understandings. Mm -hmm. But the more. Variations there are. I think the only they can only be better. Absolutely. And anybody who says, um, it's not actually the rules, ah, <laughs> uh, I, 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 that's fine. Yeah, I don't want to be at your table. Thank you. <laughs>
0: yeah, I, I'm having fun in my own my own way. <laughs> I enjoyed obviously this carpet of flying, and then underneath it was oh. the carpet of frying, um, where. <laughs> again that one one word <laughs> one letter difference where essentially you speak a command mode and everyone gets paralyzed and they all lay out on the bed, and then it slowly gets warmer uh and the idea of Ooh. oh yeah it's a grim one uh but it was like Ooh. the smell of humans or elves or anything like that you know that, that when they're slightly warmed up will attract monsters and i was like again i was like <gasps> this could be really cool that's a really nice idea yeah exactly and then there was the one uh the carpet of mothering uh, which is opposite to smothering. <laughs> so it's just like, what is going on again? I just, I, I just, I just came to me that that Reddit thread of like just changing one word, and I was like, I would do this for all my magic items. And ultimately, the thing I got from having a quick look at all these books is that I would love this again. I'm sure someone has put up like a huge database of all this anyway, so you could easily search oh, it. But sure. like, I could imagine like if you were doing like a immersive uh, show or or a show in person, you're like, oh, they find a magic item. Can someone call out a number between one and whatever and then we find whatever item it is and it could be something as boring as a sackcloth or it could be like a game (laughs) anything because that's one of the things it said right at the beginning it said like we've not really um play tested any of these items uh so it could end your campaign have fun
1: (laughs) (laughs) the admission of we don't know we just don't know we don't know man we don't know go outside and play it's fine
0: (laughs) don't worry about it. <laughs> there
1: might be dangers. Who knows?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There are loads of tables in here mm. for things that you can find in pouches, things that you can find in chests, and my favourite table yeah. that I have found. And I can I ask you, do you have a d6 to hand <gasps> by chance? I,
0: you think right. I would? I, uh, uh,
1: yes, I do. Incredible. Um, would you like to roll one d6 for me, please? Uh, that is a three. A three, phenomenal. Um, so on the table of eggs, <gasps> you have just rolled <laughs> a stone egg yes! out of which out of which emerges a fully grown hungry man. Oh no, dislikes, what? <laughs> zorn, I not man.
0: That's okay. Zorn. Okay. <laughs> a I've... hungry man. Oh, different kind of game. <laughs> I'm so sorry, I thought I said I've had my contact lenses in for <laughs> <I thought laughs> <Okay. that's...
1: laughs> That's man beautiful. Beautiful. Um, the man demands two thousand to eight thousand gold pieces in precious metal or everything the owner has, or else uh, it attacks. It disappears, satisfied. <laughs> Enjoy
0: your stone egg. I will with my um, zorn in it. Absolutely. Oh, beautiful. The
1: tables I think might be one of my favourite bits, just because yeah they are so many of them are nonsensical. Uh, Brick of flying yep. is a, um, an option for um, the table of rocks. For example, (laughs) I love that there's a table for rocks. Imagine just your DM being like, "Roll for rocks." It's not something I
0: think about. Well, that's it, isn't it? From the reviews I saw online, with people going, "Oh." i thought of a really cool thing just because I've been reading this. And so that's what I love about it. It This feels like the ultimate tables of stuff. And like you said, there's, <laughs> there's these quirk tables as well. So like you could have your item it goes, but how many quirks does it have? And it goes, oh, three quirks. Oh, let's get rolling and see what what else we oh, can make. Yeah. So, so you can have up to, I think it, I worked it out. Oh, it says at the back of one of them, it says like there's over 4 trillion Variations of the stuff in here. I, I, it said, <laughs> it, it said, give or take a few hundred thousand. So who knows? Again, it's they've not done their their thing. It's, it was at the back of uh, volume four. It said because obviously at the end it has like here's where you can find a specific one. Um, if you want to roll in a hoard here's what you can do for that. And again, a lot of work has gone into it, and it just feels like I think they got to the end and gone. I can't do it anymore <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> got four volumes. Um, and that's it. That's what you're getting. Done. That's all you're getting. <laughs> Like you said, so the first volume obviously got published in 1994 and then the others over the next two years. And then it says at the mm-hmm. end, it goes, so some of these items, they are in supplements that have been dropped by TSR. Just don't worry about it. <laughs> so yeah. you're like... What? Don't think about it. They can't hurt you now. It's fine. But we have printed them here. So yeah. good luck. Um... Yeah, I was like, Wait, we're not... <laughs> fuck it. They didn't print uh, in- Infinity Sphere for Spelljammer? Well, fuck, fuck it. I don't care. I'm not going back through and changing my document now.
1: <laughs> I think what I've, I really enjoyed about it was how... When I first sort of looked at it, it's, it's this plastic leather-bound imitation and it's book, big. right?
0: And it's big it's as well.
1: It's big, right? And that's one of the four that you can get. And they're yeah. all in, um, I think it's like uh, green, blue, red, uh, mm. the other four. And then this one is you know
0: brown, lovely. Mm.
1: I guess when it all came out, it looked quite respectable and presentable and really cool. And in it, in the beginning, in that forward, just sort of under the credit section again, mm-hmm. there was a section where they were saying, in 1992 and 93, TSR produced a two volume set The Magical Encyclopedia mm. This is like the second the second Sun. Mm-hmm. The Older Encyclopedia Is an index of magical items um, Where these PC trophies can be found Among the myriad of TSR Products. Mm. Unfortunately most Of those older products are unavailable right. Many are now collector's items mm. I was really Like oh okay interesting And so I looked up um, the Magical Encyclopedia that preceded mm. this which I'm Assuming they were referred to as oh it's a collector's item which is why we've done this now mm. you can get it for 20 quid on ebay so it's not that <laughs> much of a like, They, you know really lauding themselves in the I beginning know. of this like oh god you know you you need this book because everything else oh, is just going up in value lads nah it nah. <laughs> didn't did not stand nah. up to the test of time unfortunately
0: that's wild
1: but it's interesting that they would print that yes to sort of sell themselves immediately i've never seen a book do that before it's usually a lot of humility. None of that in yeah, here. Yeah, it seems
0: like it, yeah, dobs in, like, obviously, their collector's items, like, dobs them <laughs> in a little bit. It's like,
1: all right, <laughs> cool, cool, your chops. It's fine. I don't like... know if you've heard, uh, but it's uh, I own a lot of these collector's <laughs> items. It's <laughs> not, I, I just, I think there is, improving and printing and and writing and especially you know these days there's a lot to be said for humility in books Mm. and the way that like an author addresses their audience and I think looking back and seeing how they clearly thought they were at the top of their game Mm -hmm. and that nothing could bring them down and then they were printing stuff with incredible typos and looking at it it's a myriad of stuff that they've just scrounged from anyone who had passion for it and then whacked a price sticker on it and sent it out yeah that at the time i think showed how desperate tsr was Mm. because i I can't remember when they went bankrupt but i want to say it was like a couple of years after this i think Mm. it was like 97 yeah and they just went and that says it all it was all about pumping and Appearance instead of actually maybe being honest with your audience and being yeah. like thank you for supporting this this means a lot it means we can bring out the next volume it means we can do the next thing and instead yeah. they've got now we're just very important Ah, we're bankrupt now.
0: <laughs> it definitely feels as well like that again because it, it almost echoes what happened at the beginning of this year with the OSR stuff as well. Wait, OSR? GL, no. Sorry, too many O's. There's too many too O's. Many too many O's. Many. <laughs> yeah, with the with the o, OGL at the beginning of the year, this idea that they were going to change it and be like, we could take your stuff and put it in, and we don't have to credit you. And it's like, mm-hmm. whoa! Like, I know obviously, there's such an uproar about it that they've not done that. Thank God. Yeah. But it, it is, it is very interesting to see, like, almost like mirroring it, almost now oof, yeah 30 years after yeah again yeah i, I did not even think about that it's yeah it's, it's kind of wild and again obviously I, like you said we, we've gone over it a few times like this idea of the attitudes it has like there's one thing that stuck out to me because it was on its own its own entry which was blash fours magical diapers and the crib of pushing and oh, fucking what it's got art it's got art in the book oh that's awful yeah our page 173 so this idea that it does this whole story about this wizard who moves and his wife is pregnant but then the wife passes away but she gives birth to triplets and he's like i find it really difficult so i've made these magical diapers and everyone keeps coming around to use them and there's a whole thing about how they work and basically any any excrement is changed into into a different thing like air and water and it's just like who needs this (laughs) I would say new parents still trying to play D and D. It's either. wild. Like what? I can't imagine any scenario where you would like, unless you're getting this and you you're using it in a combat situation. I don't know. It's again, it it, it is a long entry as well. Is, There's yeah, a lot of it, detail to it. It goes all the way to one
1: seven six. Yeah, <laughs> and one and one of those pages. Have you have you seen the art for it?
0: It's it's very grim, isn't it? It's a uh...
1: Bizarre. I'm sorry. We've got we've got painted ladies, like beautifully coloured, mm-hmm. uh, with a cup and titties for days, and then we've got the grim dark future, where what I can only think of as. These parents look like they're about to eat that
0: child. Yeah, that child is trapped in that cradle with whatever whatever the uh the uh, uh mobile is above it. I'm not entirely sure. I think it's bits of rock and crystal, but it could it also like, be, it could yeah. be could be anything. Falcon at the end of the crib. I have questions. But again, it me- it makes you think. God, you really can make an item for any occasion and for any adventure and I don't know it might be used at some point it feels like again for this particular one if I what adventure was it it says the book of wondrous inventions so it's not even a bloody adventure it's just a bit of history yeah I'm just kept asked me questions about yeah but what did it do with the kids was that not really difficult and he goes no <laughs> I think you find he, he invented something to help him with childcare.
1: <laughs> look it's your fantasy you live it however you want I'm just amazed that that has gotten... There are some really cool concepts in here. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's some smaller pieces of art where, like, a guy has trapped an ogre in a bottle um, mm. and things like that. The bottle of trapping, I imagine that is. I am correct. Um, <laughs> and then this has got a full
0: page. Full page art.
1: A full page of art of, of three pretty creepy-looking guys and a a baby that looks suspiciously... <laughs> Just suspicious. I'm gonna say, and a bird. It. I don't.
0: I, I. don't quite understand the thinking. There's also flowers, like a flower bed. I feel like a it's coming out. Bed I feel like <laughs> in in the cradle. Like it. Feel, anyway, as you can tell, it's one of those things where we go, "What?" and the listeners are like, "What are you talking about?" It is available as a PDF. Uh, all four of them are. There's a bundle on DM skills, so do go check it out and just because it is. I, I think the last. It's it's just. I think, like I said, I feel like I can definitely use it for something. And yes, as we sort of talked about throughout this episode, it's it problematic stuff. The language is definitely archaic and stuff like that. But there's stuff in it. Where you're like, actually, I could use this in in some way. <laughs> and it's up to you, the GM, to be like let's make it make it make sense for you you know rather than just like throwing it out there although like i said my the idea of me just like yeah roll for it okay it is the the what's the one that the other one i found in one of the other books was like omelette of omelette of the plains where um you have I'm like so- a oh, you right. have it's basically it's in like some sort of polystyrene like thing and it's an egg like a uh an omelette sorry and the more you wait a bit open the or more ugly and awful it gets and then you try to eat it and you realize that's why why there's a second bag in it is that you're going to be sick in the place it's it's something and it's like it talks about airline uh uh symbols and stuff like that so again it's like somebody has written into whatever magazine whatever supplement has gone here's a magic item Because uh Dragon Plus used to do that as well there used to be like, here's the theme we want items that you'd find in a Ravenloft campaign. and so people would write in with some items and then they'd have an alt- artist draw like the top three or something. So I can um, I can imagine people like doing competitions for this sort of thing and then people gone, yeah, we'll use that in a, an adventure. it's not gonna it's not gonna matter and then you find it in like no. official books later on like- speaking
1: of pretty much that at the beginning of um sort of last year, Paul and I were at D d in a castle. Hmm. Paul was uh, running operations there, and as part of it, um, he was sort of providing these scrolls with magic items he was making up sort of on the fly. Some of the scrolls just contained like uh, natural 20s and natural ones, And if you found them, you had to hand them into your DM oh. and then your DM would either use them against you or with you, depending on you oh, know cool. the campaign. But it was it was a nice way of helping to I steer a campaign if you've only got, you know, like uh, I think it's a full like 24 hours of playing across three days. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you've only got that amount of time, these lovely little mechanics oh. to just help people along. And some of them were just to hinder. And one of my favorites that we ended up bringing back um, was the circlet of rat control sort of made it having, I think we were, we were having a joke or something about Ratatouille and he (laughs) made this. And the circlet of rat control, of course, would sit on the head and it would allow a rat to control a person or whatever was under the circlet uh, for as long as the rat was within the circlet. Amazing. Hilarious. Ha ha ha. Even even as you read it, you're having a nice time. But whether you use it or not, completely different. And Mm -hmm. I remember seeing it and going, that's quite fun. Love it. And I was playing in Mark Mears game Mm -hmm. during that time. You was know, playing a a character called Biff. He's a tiny grung. He's ridiculous, Aww. stupid, designed to be an NPC that's easily killable to add emotion, tension, whatever you need to a story mm-hmm. or just help all around. Biff ended up Helping take down the big bad by throwing the circlet of rat control, <gasps> amazing, <laughs> onto the guy's head, and they think we had our ranger polymorph into a rat
0: and then go on yeah. the head,
1: and it was oh, it was beautiful and. I, it's the dumb items like that have a special place in my heart Absolutely. designed to make you laugh and then if they have an incredible impact it just it it what raises a... it to another
0: level but that is like again and um we've talked about it before on the on ms book club the, the so the dnd film whilst mm. you know you know people like it what i loved about it was like the, the big final battle at the end where it just everyone's just throwing everything i was like that is exactly what happens in in our camp. It was just like, <laughs> yes. what have you got scroll 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 ah. it's <laughs> like and that must have been such a, a fucking cool moment to be like it's worked!" Ah. <laughs> you know like i just i just yeah i i'm a big fan one of my my foundries as a, as a gm is like i love out of the box thinking and justifications like as, as an improviser so when people go how does this work with the the circle of rack control people and the gm's like oh yeah it does this is this is fucking cool oh we're going with it yeah i just oh that how fucking cool
1: as a gm i really love getting people to roll for something yeah roll roll a d100 yeah. And I enjoy a mystery table. I think Wild Magic is one of the best things that you yeah. can you can bring into a game mm-hmm. because it has a ridiculous and silly or or, or sometimes you know just apocalyptic consequence, mm-hmm. and it's it's uncontrollable. Mm-hmm. And again, it's that break down the walls of of rules that happen and just have fun with it and interpret it in your own way. I, I love the feeling of just going yeah just uh, just roll that d100. Uh, Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it for now. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, I'm just going to pocket that for later. Um, (laughs) Nothing better than the phrase for later. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Seeing people, I think, engage with items Mm -hmm. because they've got an idea of what that looks like and they know it's about their person. It's like, it's the same as your character having a weapon or armor or something that they use in every single combat or in Mm -hmm. every single instance. Having that item there or A mystery potion, whatever it may be oh, yeah. It's a sense of power That it could be used for something mm-hmm. Like a key in a lock, you've just got to Figure out what it does or where it might fit And like most Keys, just jamming them into the lock Blindly <laughs> and hoping that they work <laughs> Usually is how you get, you get into the front door If you yeah, live yeah. in my house Yeah um, <laughs>
0: Yes, that's the the ideal versus reality. And it's definitely like, which one's (laughs) going to open it? (laughs) Now,
1: I'm biased because Mm. I live with him and um, together we pay rent. And that's very important for a relationship where you live together. Um, And so I hope that he loves me after this. But Paul is my favorite DM Mm. because the way that he treats his players and the way he gives them magic items Mm. to make them laugh and to make them not engaged with the story, but to give them enough keys that they could fit any door. Yeah. He is able to craft these incredible campaigns, usually through luck and through magic items. Mm. <laughs> and w- watching players sort of dance from one item to another and going, let's use this and that. Let's combine them. Let's see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just joyful. Yeah. It makes me laugh every time yeah uh Paul I love you if you are listening uh it's uh, also it's like eight o'clock now um so your dinner will be ready in about 30
0: minutes I'm just I'm yeah, just saying I'm just busy that. But, <laughs> but I think yeah that's a cool thing to end on because I agree I think there's something magical because again there's always that thing and maybe it was more so at the time when this sort of book came out you know it's like oh the GM the DM has full control over everything and you're just little pieces on the chessboard and yeah there's an us versus them thing and really now as you sort of was talking about you've gone from the crunchy like there are the rules etc to a more flavoursome collaborative story element which is what I absolutely love is just making these stories together and ultimately the i always think that the dm is another player at the table and they want you to succeed they you know there'll be challenges and stuff and there'll be like heartbreaking moments that you know mm. that they can't necessarily help with but as long as everyone's enjoying it and having story and so I, I completely agree with that philosophy of just like here's all the magic items and not limiting that to be like oh you've got a really hard thing coming up well i'm not going to give you anything for it so they want you to succeed we want the story to continue otherwise if you if they all you know if there's a tpk maybe that's meant to be but you know if it's done on hard terms if it's done like well you know if it's done by boulder's gate rules of like difficult terrain um <laughs> it's no fun for everyone i would reload the save you know so i definitely i feel that as a as a gmi i'm always a big fan of giving them something to play with and be like yes. is this what you meant and i go sort of but okay <laughs> okay let's do it <laughs> i think it's
1: such a wonderful mm-hmm. gift to be able to give a table and i think yeah. players love receiving It doesn't cost you anything. Players love receiving stuff that isn't there and then figuring out how to cross a bridge with a dagger. That Mm. is exactly what they will do. Mm. Yeah, but they've given it to us for a reason. So we must think
0: of how to use it you do that
1: because it's entertaining as hell
0: <laughs> it's true it's true i i had the same thing going, oh but we got this thing free 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 sessions ago. Yes. And, it must be and you go must... mhm mm-hmm. yeah sure it does yeah. well that's that's why i think I, I definitely want to use that carpet of frying and just i just see what happens because they may be like okay they'll they'll save them from the paralyzing thing and they go but what if we use this person as bait and maybe and you're just like mm, cool 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 you know what Flip it on its head, yes. Do do the do the things. Well, just honestly, thank you so much. We we could I know we could talk for hours about (laughs) magic items and this and this was such a really cool thing. I had not heard of this. Before, and I just feel like I've learned so much And I'm like Oh my ideas Are just like Off the table So thank you so much For bringing it to, this To our attention more than more
1: Thank you so much For having me This has been oh. really nice I am grinning
0: It's oh. it, and it's
1: Even going through it now I've got ideas right. For what I'm going to do In my
0: next campaign Which is just delightful So yeah, yeah. Thank you so much That's <laughs> a funny, As a sort of signing off thing uh, Is there anything You'd like to plug Where can people find you uh, Find Questing Time what, what are you up to my
1: friend? Yeah Um. So I am the producer For Three Black Half uh, a podcast about diversity um, in the TTRPG space run by Jasper William Cartmike, Jeremy Cobb, and Liv Kennedy. And they are fantastic and brilliant. And if you don't already listen to them, you should absolutely listen to them. Mm-hmm. Um, they are doing their very first ever live shows in the UK, starting in April oh. um, on the 3rd and the Lowry in Manchester. And then on the 5th um, at the...
0: Leicester, uh, Leicester Square yeah. oh, you I, I'm you going You've got all these other elements So don't worry I, <laughs> I, It's just because I'm going to that one event So it's all fine
1: uh, oh, That'd be really cool Both of those events uh, tickets are live for that now So if you would like to come We would love to see you It's going to be really good fun Also in a not connected note Two weeks later Dimension 20 will be in town Definitely not a connected note <laughs> um but i am just saying that april is going to be the month for all ttrpg things sort of coming together and um yeah i i'm very excited to see what the space has in store um until then you should check out three black halflings online uh, three black halflings on pretty much everywhere what about questing time oh questing time as well yes of course this is why I prefaced it with Paul. Please love me and i dinner. made you dinner. Questing time is moving over to podcast format. Um, ah. So the two arcs that have already been done will always be and forever sort of remain up and online for anyone to enjoy and view. But... Um, Bryony Redman, Matt Heighton, Richard Soames, and Ed Knight, uh, along with Paul Foxcroft, will be moving over to podcast format, Questing Time, uh, coming soon or out already? I don't produce that one. I don't know. It's, but it's, something's <laughs> happening.
0: And that's that's pretty much everything for the time being. That's real. Um, and yeah. and if people want to find you on social media at all, Jess. Oh God, if you... Yeah, that exists. I know, right? I I'm... tweet shit all the
1: time. All <laughs> the time. That's pretty much the only platform I'm I'm on. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at DrBees. All one word and all laid out. No DRs, just D-O-C-T-O-R. Bees. <laughs> I there you go. That... There we go. That's how I'm doing that from now on. That yep, was fun. Um, <laughs> or you can find me on Instagram at Jula Hoop. Like Hula Hoop, but my last name and then A Hoop. Because why keep anything simple? No,
0: don't be ridiculous. Um, You're going to be hard to find. That's the whole point. <laughs> Those people who find you, they're dedicated to d Exactly. And, and
1: I appreciate movies. you. Shout out to my homies, you real ones. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, like and subscribe <laughs> <laughs> oh god don't I work on YouTube but I know I know. that I hurt me it. in the soul <laughs> uh, well with all that out of the way thank you so much Jess uh, for oh, coming thank you on the so show so much
1: for having me I've had a really lovely time
0: yeah